Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to come before you. We know that you're a great God, a God that can deliver, can heal, can set free. So, Father, I just thank you that as we come before you, we will see glorious things from your word, and we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen. I hope you know I'm excited. Amen. You know, when you pray a lot and you read the Bible a lot, you get excited because the word is alive on the inside of you. Jeremiah said, I tried to be quiet, but it was like fire shut up in my bones. You ever been there and you want to say something and you just can't hold it anywhere? Excuse me. <laughs> my son and I were in a meeting one time. This guy was giving a lecture, and he was saying the wrong thing. And he says, well, I, I think this is the way it should be. I go, I don't think so. <laughs> really? <laughs> well, that's my opinion. He goes, okay, all right. But I, I just couldn't hold it anymore. You know what I mean? I, sometimes you just have to express thyself. So what we're going to talk about today, continuing on our lesson and encouragement on having faith to move mountains. How many of you have some mountains in your life? Or am I in the wrong church? Okay, yeah, we all got mountains, right? Maybe they're a little, maybe not as big as some others, but we all got little molehills, little mountains, little things that we have to overcome. And it's symbolic, the mountain is symbolic of hindrances, obstacles, situations that get in your way so that you can't complete the will of God. Amen? So uh, we have to learn, and Jesus told his disciples, all you got to do is speak to it. Pretty easy, right, Jesus? It's easy for you, but we have to learn how to speak. Now, Jesus usually only spoke once or twice, and things happen. We sometimes have to put a little more oomph into yeah, Thank you. A little more power, a little more exertion, because we're working up our faith. The Bible says if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, well, the mustard seed has to grow before it can produce. So your faith has to grow so that you can be able to speak to things and just have them happen like that. So uh, sometimes we play catch-up, you know, we're sick or our financial situation is so dire that you have to keep speaking to it, you know, uh, confessing over it, but... What is true is the word of God will not come back to you void. It will accomplish that which it pleases. What you speak over a situation, it will surely come to pass. Amen? Glory to God. So when we can speak to a mountain, that's, that's a lot of power, isn't it? Wouldn't you want some of that power? Uh, and, and, you know, it, it works in every situation, in health situations, financial situations, overcoming relationship uh, situations. You know, I was, Rosie was telling me about how she had a, a boss that was n not nice. You, anybody have any not nice bosses? Yeah. <laughs> well, she went to Switzerland, and instead of, the Lord told her, buy her some chocolate so that she can have some, uh, you know, uh, sh show some goodwill. And she did, and the heart of the woman changed because, you know, you, you move, you know, towards peace, and you move towards love, and love, what? Never fails. Praise God. So you might have a mountain of debt. You look at something and you say, uh, the debt says, I'm not leaving. I'm going to be with you forever. <laughs> you ever feel like five, ten years, how long am I going to go through this? You might have a car note that's too big, medical bills that are too huge. And uh, you, they may be in your backyard just looking at you. I'm not moving, right? It's a mountain. You might have a mountain of sickness, insurmountable things. And it says, I, you can't defeat me. I'm too big for you. I'm too entrenched. I'm too powerful. But God, God can come through. He can move a mountain by the words of our mouth, 
I saw, when I, I, I went to a healing service, and I saw three people came in, and they couldn't hear at all. In fact, the minister was like face to face, trying to talk to them, and he couldn't. And uh, so he, he, he prayed over them, and lo and behold, they heard him completely, uh, you know, without any hindrances. He went all around the room, and he was able to talk to them. And uh, so I said, what? If God can do that, he can heal me, right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. If he did it for one, he could do it for another. Yeah. Praise God. He, the Bible says this hand is not too short that he can't reach and save us. Praise God. Amen. He might be way up in heaven, but he's got some Holy Spirit power here. He's got angels working on our behalf according to our word. Praise God. I, I like that. I like that about God. Praise God. So let's see the... Uh, hmm? <laughs> so we know that God, yes, you're right, it's already been done. Amen. Let's look at this uh, first scripture here. So when Jesus cursed the fig tree, the disciples were awed by it. They go, wow. You just spoke to that thing, and it withered up at the root. And so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever, whatever. That's not the, the valley way. Whatever. No. It's whatever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive it. When do you, when do you believe it? When you pray. Not, well, I hope God comes through. Uh, maybe, you know, if he's feeling good today, maybe he'll grant my request. No. It's all the time he is the same. Yesterday, today, what happened? What happened? We've we got to get that back up there. Yesterday, today. And forever, Jesus is the same, right? If he healed back then, he'll heal now. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to uh, bestow his healing virtue on us. Amen. It's his pleasure to deliver you out of financial debt. It's his pleasure to have peace in your family and in your friends. You know, you have family and friends that, you know, sometimes things don't go the right way. They rub you the wrong way. you got to believe God that he's able to make peace. He is the prince of peace. Right? We don't live, we don't have a powerless religion. We don't have a religion where we, oh, we just have to take it as it is. No, we have, we can make a difference in this world. The Bible says that the whole earth is waiting for the sons of creation to manifest themselves. Be the difference. Step in there. You know, and when we play basketball, they always, when there's an argument, they always go to me, Pastor, can you straighten this out? Usually works pretty good, except when I get upset. <laughs> they go, Pastor, <laughs> you know, uh, pastor by day, basketball player by night. No. <laughs> okay, now here's, here's, here's this next scripture. Let's go to this. Now, this is amazing. The Lord showed this to me, Matthew 28, 18 through 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Interesting. He said, it's been given to me. That means he didn't have it. It had to be given to him. Well, why didn't he have it? Because God made covenant with man, Adam. Adam sinned, and he lost the authority, and he gave it over to Satan. In fact, Jesus said, 
I come to destroy the works of the enemy. He is the God of this world. He, he is the ruler over this earth. He said, I'm coming to take it back and give it back to man where it is rightly deserved because he gave us dominion over the works of his hands. Did you know that? He, he, he's put the earth in, in charge of us. Some people say, well, God is in control. Whatever will be, will be. That's not true. If God was in control, he, we would charge him for all the murders, all the drunk driving, all the disease, all the famines that have happened. No, we, that's, you know, when somebody gets hit with a drunk driver, that's not God. That's the drunk guy <laughs> driving. Amen? But we need to have a hedge of protection around about us. Amen. Praise God. So all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Then he said, go, you go. You, you got the authority now. You go and make disciples. You go do the works that I've called you to do. He said, you'll do greater works than me because I go to the Father. This is such good news, isn't it? You have control over your life. Your life doesn't just hit you. You can make a difference in the situations you're facing. You don't have to blame Anybody else, you don't have to blame your wife, you don't have to blame your mom, your dad, your boss. You have control over your life. And if God be with you, who can be against you? He is all powerful, but he says, you know what? I'm giving my authority to you. What does that mean? That means that we, it's not our authority, but we are under authority, under his authority, and so we speak with his power. How do we uh, energize that? By the words of our mouth. By the things that we do, the things that we say, God backs us when we speak his word. Oh, this is so good. Amen? Let's look at this. next. Okay, so this next scripture, Matthew 8 and 9. Are you getting excited yet? Are you getting on this? You got, some, you got a lot of power on the inside of you. you. You can change situations that have been facing you for forever. That mountain that's in front of you, you can speak to it. He says, uh, remember the uh, centurion? came to Jesus. He said, my servant is grievously ill. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. And the man said, wait a minute. You don't have to come. For I also am a man under authority. What is he saying? Jesus, I know you're under authority of Almighty God. He said, I recognize that. You're not, you don't have, because you only do the things that you see your father do. You only say the things that your father says. You are under his authority. He says, because I'm the same way. I'm, I'm not my own man. I'm under authority. Some, how many of you are managers of, of uh, businesses or, you know, in charge of things? And, and you have a, somebody over you and you have people under you. You don't just make up things. You adhere to what the uh, restrictions and the requirements are from up above, right? Jesus is just working and doing what the Father's telling him to do. We're only working and doing what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. He says, I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. <laughs> Isn't that nice? That you can... Jesus told his disciples, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. You see the enemy working in your life, coming into situations like looking at my son when he was young. Uh, we had a, we used to have Bible studies or uh, prayer meetings at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I'd go and pray and I'd come back 7 o'clock and they're, they're eating breakfast 
And I just came off the holy cloud. I mean, I was just floating in. Hallelujah. Hello, family. I'm here. <laughs> so they're talking a little bit, and all of a sudden, for some reason, some odd reason, Mary and I don't see eye to eye about something, and we start to get into a little bit of an argument. And so I said, I, I turned to Charles. I don't know, you about six or seven. I said, you see how the devil works? You see how the devil gets in on this kind of situation? He goes, we were fine until you came. You know, you, the devil is in you, you know. <laughs> so if you, if you see situations, you have control over it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's look at this soldier. Here he is. He's coming to Jesus. He says, you don't need to come to my house. Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. Isn't that good news? Amen. That's good. Now, let me explain to you this way. There is power in heaven, is there not, with God? God's the almighty God, ruler over everything. He's got all the power. But guess what? He has delegated and given us authority to use his power. The way I can describe it is, how many of you are under Department of Water and Power? How many of you are under... Southern California Edison. They have the power. They supply the power to the houses. But if you don't flick the switch, guess what? <laughs> Nothing happens. We got all power in heaven. And if we don't flick the switch, let me see. Flick the switch, baby. You got to turn it on. Oh, I'm just so sick. I'm just so tired. I'm just so broke. No, that's not flicking the switch. <laughs> that's not turning the word of God on? That's what we have to do. We have to turn the word of God on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, I'm running out of my notes. Okay, First Peter. Let's look at this next scripture. Because you don't realize who you are in Christ. God has, has made you something special. He said, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. What's that mean? Royal. Royal. Kingly, right? Kingly, queenly, priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people that you are supposed to what? Proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You like that? So you know what? You know what? Uh, let's look at this next scripture. In Revelations 1 and 5. It says, we are, uh, he has made us, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, he has made us what? Kings and priests to his God. Do you know that you're a king and a, and a priest and a queen? And what do kings do? They make decrees. They declare things. They say, we're going to paint this building. <laughs> we're going to dig this hole. We're going to do, do stuff. What do the servants say? Well, we don't really want. No. They do what the king says. This earth has to do what you say. So let's look at this. You need to take control. This next picture. There's your throne. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Go and start decreeing and declaring things that are supposed to happen according to the word of God. Praise God. Don't be, don't, it's empty. Nobody's saying anything. Where, where's your throne? Get on your throne. Start saying, Lord, thank you for everything that I need. Praise the Lord. 
Now, I started looking up some things that the queen can do, the queen of England. She's got some funny rules. You know that? You ready for these funny rules? No one can eat after the queen has finished her meal. Monopoly is, for, is a forbidden board game amongst the royal family. Why? I don't know. Obviously, they can't go to Vaughn's because that's where they have the Monopoly game. Thank you for those that shop at Vaughn's. Praise God. When I go through there, they go, you want a Monopoly card? I go, no. I grew out of that, okay? My son spent, like, I don't know how long, an hour or so putting all these little cards together. We won $5. I said, this is the biggest tease that we've ever had, okay? Just give me the $5 when I come by. You don't have to play that all that game. Okay, uh, ready? ready for this? The, fam the, the royal family isn't allowed to sign autographs or take selfies. Please. Prim and proper. Now, I didn't know this. The queen hates garlic, so no dishes can have garlic in it. Now, here's one that, that would knock me out of the park. The queen has strict rules against eating potatoes, rice, or pasta for dinner. Where's an Italian to go? Not you you got to have a little side dish, you know, in your room, you know. You can't turn your back on the queen. We all know that, right? Now, here's one. You got to check this out. I didn't know this, but the queen always wears bright clothes so that they, she can be spotted out in a crowd. In interesting, huh? The queen, okay, here's something that maybe you guys can pick up on. If the queen moves her purse to her right arm, her staff must cut off their conversation. In other words, I'm tired of you. Hmm. <laughs> when she places her purse on a table, the dinner is officially over. Wow, that's some kind of power. When the queen... Whatever the queen does. Now, here's the one that would get most of us. It would definitely get me. No one can go to bed before the queen does. Everybody got to stay up, fully dressed, in the sitting room. Here, you might want to incorporate that in your house. <laughs> Already done. <laughs> so this is one of the problems that Princess Diana had to try to stay up until the queen. And, and here's the problem. The queen doesn't go to bed until midnight. Oh, no. I'd be there with my pajamas. <laughs> I'd be there, you know, snoozing. <laughs> Prince Charles, wake up, wake up. So anyway, I said all that to say this. You are kings and queens. Yes, I am. Situations have to adhere to your words and to what you say. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Now, uh, okay, now we have time for our, our girl. Because, see, you have to take control over your body. Your bo we, are, we are a spirit. That's our real self, our spirit. We have a body, and we have a mind. Now, sometimes our body doesn't act the way the Word of God is supposed to act. Did you know that? And, and so the spirit is not your real self. I can, I can tell you about this. Have you ever woken up and look, looked at yourself in the mirror and you said, no, that's not me. No, that, that can't be me. No, I don't look like that. <laughs> that's not the real you. That's just the shell. 
So sometimes you got to talk to that body. You got to command it to get in line. I'm commanding my excessive white blood cells to leave this body right now in Jesus' name. I command you to dissipate, dis, uh, disintegrate, and be gone in the name of your body. You get in line. You start acting the way you're supposed to be acting in Jesus' name. You got to talk to it. Lux had to do that the other day. Come on, tell us, Lux, how, how, that, how that worked out. And uh, he was talking about the, the woman that was going on vacation. She was uh, waiting a long time to get on her vacation, and all of a sudden her back had gone out. And as he was telling the story, um, I was telling, a week later we were talking about something else, and I said, well, you know, that's daily. You know, our lives, we go through things. It could be financial, physically, relation, our children, anything. And I have been coming on Tuesdays, too, to the prayer nights. I've been trying to forced myself, even though after a 12-hour shift, to bring a little more of God in my life, take a little more time to humble myself, pray for others, pray for the needs of our church and our communities, and grow, our growth in the Lord. And I had shared with him, uh, one thing with um, at my job is we do a lot of typing, we work 12-hour days, and so we experience a lot of neck and arm pain. And during this time, I'm not sure at this time what was going on, but I knew that my goal financially uh, the Lord had put it in me. Anytime I would cry out to him like, oh, God, help me. You know, look what I've done. You know, I've created this problem. Help me. And the one thing he would always say is go to work. I'm like, hmm. okay. <laughs> so when he meant go to work, he meant work overtime. And I had to push myself to work 50 hours a month, 80 hours a month. I think the most I ever worked was 120 hours a month of overtime on top of my regular 180 hours of a month, you know, in a month's time of work or work. Anyhow, one morning, every morning I'm like pushing myself. I'm just trusting the Lord to give me the physical, mental strength to do it. And one morning uh, I got up and of course fighting. I'm tired. Yes, you wake up tired. You don't want to do it, but you know you must do it. And um, anyhow, I couldn't move my left arm and it was hurting so much. And I... For me to work even one hour overtime, I have to really, like, let the Lord, I have to get my mind and body connected with the Lord to push me to even do that. Believe me, I don't want to. And that morning, I was so devastated. I was like, Lord, I can't even move my arm. I can't even comb my hair. I can't miss work. I have to go. You know, I knew that if I stopped, I wasn't going to meet my goal. And, but I knew who I was in the Lord, and I knew who my God was. And I, I remember, of course, in the natural, my first thing was, this is my excuse not to go to work. Believe me, I jump at those excuses. I don't want to go to work. But I knew as I sat there, you know, talking to God, crying with the Lord, I was in excruciating pain. I really was. I was like, Lord, I know I have to go to work. And the Holy Spirit told me, start praying to the Lord. He told me to get on my knees, right? So my arm barely moved. I managed to get on my arm, and he goes, and I want you to stretch that arm out. Now, I couldn't lift it at all. I had to use this arm to pull it forward. And even in the excruciating pain, the Lord had also taught me, be thankful for the good and the bad. And I learned uh, to thank him, even in the midst of that pain. And I just kept thanking him, uh, you know, as I kept going into the, what he was telling me to do, the Holy Spirit, I just kept praising him and worshiping him. 
And when I finally got fully stretched out, even in the midst of that pain, I kept, uh, then I started speaking that authority, claiming, you know, I command you, pain, to go. I command this illness to flee in seven directions. I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not the knees. You have to speak that authority, remind ourselves what God's promises are and what his word says. And he says he would never leave me nor forsake me. He's like, I do all things through Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, when I finished praying and I got myself up, yes, my arm still hurt. But I, irregardless of what the natural was saying, I went to my restroom and started getting ready somehow, some way. Next thing I knew, my hair was combed. I was fully dressed, still in that pain. By the time I got to work, I got through my 12-hour day, and the pain was gone. And look, at to this day, is the injury still there? Yes, because I've still been there. I'm going on, I think, 22 years this year. Uh, we always have pain in those areas. But you know what? I'm quick to command it to flee. Why? Because I know that God has a plan for me. He has a plan for me. He has a plan for us. And so, and it could be anything, you know, our families, our children, our relationships are the hardest. They stop us in our tracks, even more than our job, even more than ourselves. But, you know, if, if this uh, sister were to call me and tell me, my son, my husband, I speak the, in, uh, jump into that uh, spot and speak in authority over her, her children, whatever's going on. But sometimes we don't do it for ourselves. So you've got to muster it up. You've got to push yourself. Get on your knees and just call it. Call that authority into place and call those things to flee in seven directions, like God said, and walk in it. Amen. That's a good testimony because sometimes we just have to get angry about things. You know, God got angry. Didn't he get angry? He got angry. He got displeased. He said, I don't like this the way it's going. We have to, if you don't like the way things are going, you got to speak to it. Get upset. Use that anger as a motivation. I'm not taking this anymore. I'm not going to be broke anymore. My knees are going to work in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. You, you, you just have to you know, get a little boldness. You know, the difference between confession and declaring, confessing is just saying, I know that I'm healed. I believe I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, for my healing. That's all good. That's good. But declaring has a little more power, punch, and authority in it. I command this need to be working in the perfection to which you created it to function. Amen? You've start. You got to take authority. You've got to start speaking to these uh, bodies. Now, let me take you into another realm about how to be able to get this power. And let's look in, in Job. Job. Did any good thing come out of Job? Yes. Job 22, verse 21. Now, I love, when I first started reading the Bible... I was insatiated with the Bible. Wouldn't you say, Marianne? That's all I did was read the Bible. Still are. Still are. Praise God. It says, when I saw this scripture, I said, wow. It says, now acquaint yourself with him. Amen. What, did I, what does that say? He's inviting us to spend time with him. Acquaint is not the way we usually use the acquaint, like, oh, I'm so glad to meet, have your acquaintance or I'm acquainted with him. No, it's more deeper. It's intimate. It's knowing how the person thinks, walking with him, being with him. Acquaint yourself with him, and you'll be at peace. Thereby, goodwill will come to you. Acquaint yourself. Hang out. Hang around God. We hang around people, don't we? So come on over. Let's hang out <laughs> and do nothing. But Jesus said, come on and hang out with me. Be with me. 
You know, I had a, how many of you all play, uh, play on Facebook, look up old friends, try to see what they're doing? I was just thinking. <laughs> and I said, I'm going to ch- type in a friend of mine I haven't seen in 35 years. Praise the Lord. Surprise. <laughs> the Lord just impressed me to do that. So I typed in this guy's name, and he goes, I used to be ca- called Charlie. Then. Charlie, where, where you been? What happened to you? Someone told me you're a minister. I go, yes, brother. <laughs> I am. <laughs> he said, and this guy was like two or three years older than me. And how many of you know when you're in high school and you have the older people and you, you kind of admire them? And this guy was cool, man. He was cool. All the guys liked him. All the girls liked him. And I just kind of like, wow, I want to be like him. And, and so uh, we hung out quite a bit. We coached bas- baseball. We fellowshiped, and uh, he drank a lot, but I didn't drink that much. I mean, he, he, he met his... I got it. <laughs> okay, this is how much he would drink. He's telling me how he met his wife. He said they went to this, uh, uh, is a bar or something like that, a reception, and he had to go up the stairs... And his brother came running down and says, there's a whole bunch of girls here for a, a wedding shower. He says, come on up. He goes, I don't think I can make it up the stairs. <laughs> That's how bad he was, okay? Anyway, so he met this girl. He said, have you, he was, he was telling me, he says, and this really was a compliment to, to me. He said, yeah, I, I always wondered where you were, what you did. My mother is always asking, whatever happened to Charlie? I just really liked him. He was such a nice guy. He says, and he tells me, I... I liked hanging out with you. You were in my top five of people that I liked. I went, top five? Top five? What about one? I mean, but, but he had a lot of friends. So top five was pretty good. And he said he really enjoyed. So, Rosie, I want to tell you, I don't have friends for 35 years, but I have people that think about me for 35 years, okay? <laughs> so it was nice, and I told him where I'm at, and he can come and visit me. Uh, but, you know, so he's... I looked him up, and he's still working as a branch manager at a loan company. And I go, brother, uh, you're still working? He goes, yeah, I'm 71 years old, and I'm still working. I'm going like, what? (laughs) How can that be? I said, you were probably fooling around with your money. He goes, yep, that's what I did. I go, well, you didn't have a son that would tell you what to invest in and what not to do and what to do. and Can't do that, Dad. No, 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 no. So uh, I, I thank you that I'm... My friends that had such a good time now are paying for it. But I acquainted myself with him. I, I was friends with him. And when you're a friend of God, guess what happens? Next scripture. You will make your prayer to him. He will hear you. Oh, I like that already, don't you? When you're hanging around God and you're acquainting yourself with him, you can speak. And he's, uh, yeah, what did you say? He'll hear us. And when you pay your vows, you will also what? declare a thing, and it will be established for you. What a promise this is. The only problem is you got to hang with God. You got to acquaint yourself with him. Love him more than anything else. Separate yourself. Divorce yourself from the TV, from, the, from the, this thing right here, the cell phone. Did anybody call me? No. Okay. You got to put that away. Amen. We're so addicted to these things, aren't we? It's our, don't, don't take it away. Don't take it away. Don't. We went to a, a, a youth group, and they said, if you take away uh, 
the cell phone from a youth, it's like their personality is damaged. It's like, you know, they have emotional separation. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but you will declare a thing and it will be established for you. Isn't that nice? Isn't that good news to know? I hope you're excited about that. Okay, now here's the last thing we're going to talk about. Are you ready? Philippians 4, 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. It, I mean, so absolute, isn't it? Don't, don't worry. Don't, don't cast. Don't, don't have a care about it. But in everything, how many things? How, how, do you have some everythings in your life? You got a lot of them, right? Yeah. I listed my, my things that I need healing for. I had six things I need healing for. Six. Oh, my Lord. When I was young, I didn't have to pray for anything. <laughs> Everything worked. Just jump out of bed and run to, run to school. Now it's, uh, you don't jump out of bed. <laughs> Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication and what? With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. When do you thank him? Well, it says right here, when you pray. You ask for something and you thank him before you get it. That doesn't make sense, does it? But it makes God sense. Because if, you, if he made a promise to you, and you prayed it, you have to believe that it's going to come back to you, right? If I tell, so if I, if I tell Richard, I'm going to give you $1,000, okay? I'm going to send it in the mail, and uh, you can expect it. If Richard goes, I'll believe it when I see it, what does that do to me? <laughs> How does that make me feel? I, I told you I was going to send it. I'll wait until I see it. Isn't that what we do with God? We make a prayer. He gives us a promise. We pray it to him. And you, and you say, well, I'll thank you when I see it. That's not what we're supposed to do. This is almighty God we're talking about. The Bible says his word is true. He's a buckler to all those that trust in him. And if he said it, will he not do it? If he promised it, will he surely not bring it to pass? So I have to learn when my body is not feeling well, when I'm tired, when things aren't working well, I pray unto God, and I say, your word is true, Lord God, and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. I thank him as I go to the car. I thank him as I'm in the elevator. I thank him wherever I am. When I'm out in the, the, the parking lot of Stater Brothers, oh, thank you, Jesus. You healed me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, excuse me. How much is the broccoli here? <laughs> But, you know, it's funny. When you walk in, people notice there's something different about you. It's like, a, you know, the cloud comes and you come walking in. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and so there is, you, you, go, you go into a spiritual realm when you do that. And so you have to thank God, get in the spiritual realm, and thank him before it happens. Last couple of scriptures. You ready for this? Uh, I, I hope I'm giving you enough ammunition to be able to go out and do something, do some damage into situations, you know, chip at that mountain, cause things to happen that you didn't think could happen because you're not using your power anymore. You're under his authority, using his power, using his authority. So when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were what? Sore displeased. 
the children, not yet, the children, okay, it was a little blink. The children were crying out, and the, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they got upset. Why? Because that's the praise that they wanted. That's the praise that the devil wanted. And here's what Jesus said. Next scripture. Do you, do you hear what these are saying? They asked him, and Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, they have perfected praise? What does that mean? That means you've got to have faith like a little child. When you are pure and not having any ulterior motives, you praise God from the pure heart. God said that is perfect praise. How many perfect praise people do we have here? Amen. And let's... And, okay, now this script, Jesus is quoting a scripture in Psalms 8.2, which says, Psalms 8.2 says, next scripture. It's not there? You're right. Psalms 2 says, out of the mouth and mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. Did Jesus misquote it? He said praise, and then he replaced it with strength. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. When you praise God, you are building a foundation of strength in your life. Amen? Spiritual power to have so that you can able, be able to say, I thank God. I thank you, Lord God. And God say, oh, I hear that. I hear, what, what's happening down there? The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. You're praising God. You're worshiping him. He says, we got to get some help down there. we got to get some action moving. He's speaking the word of God. He's praising me before it happens. That makes me happy. That makes me glad. Praise God. Last scripture. I know this is good. <laughs> Nehemiah 8.10. Do not sorrow. Do we have any sorrowful Christians here? Oh, how you doing? Oh, well, you know, things aren't going that good. Back's acting up. <sighs> <laughs> Haven't been working for a while. You know, my family, they're not doing right. They're not doing good. You know, children aren't going to church. Car's not working, you know. Need a paint job on the house? I don't know. Things just. Not, I'm. I'm. I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorrowful. Woe is me. Woe is me. Do we have any of those out here? No. Good. Do not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Amen. You know, the woman in the Old Testament, her son had died, and she went to the prophet to tell him, and the prophet said, well, how's it with your son? He, she said what? It is well. When people ask me, how are you feeling? Great. I feel great. God is with me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The joy, see, happiness is what you get when you get something. You know, you get a car, you get a house, you get a new uh, dress or whatever, you have happy, 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 happy. But joy is something 
That never leaves you. It's the joy of the Lord. Not your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you praise God, you have strength. Can you help us? When you praise God, you have strength. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstances is, the joy of the Lord is my strength. 